Hello, everybody. This is Cal Banyan on calbanyan.com, hypnosis, etc. And today we're into the hypnosis, etc. All feelings are good. Anger is good. Sadness is good. Fear is good. And I want to tell you something. Everything you thought you knew about anger was wrong. It is wrong. And I'm going to let you in on the truth about anger. Anger is good because there's a thing called righteous anger. I'm going to tell you how to find out the difference between erroneous anger and righteous anger and really get on with it and hang on through the entire video because I'm going to talk about how if there wasn't anger, righteous anger, there would be no United States of America. All right, everybody, let me tell you, if you're watching this anywhere except calbanyan.com, you want to go there now because all my videos are on calbanyan.com and there's just a fraction here. Um, on YouTube, if that's where you're watching. And if you watch on calbanion.com, you already got the message. All right, let's see here. All right. So anger is good. Let me tell you a story. So I used to work at Lutheran Social Services. And years after I left Lutheran Social Services, and I got deep into the world of hypnosis and doing hypnotherapy and working with clients, one of my old buddies from Lutheran Social Services stopped by. He was a social worker and Tim, gosh, Tim's a big, tall man. And I was saying, hey, Tim, let me tell you all the stuff that's going on in my hypnosis world and things I've discovered about the secret language of feelings by working with clients. And he looked at me, scratched his head. And I go, okay, let me tell you the big, the good news. All feelings are good. Even anger is good. And he stood back and he went, started shaking his head. Anger's not good, he says. And I thought, well, maybe Tim had maybe had some bad experience either when he was angry or when someone else was angry. But let me tell you the truth. Anger is not bad. It's what you do with anger that's good or bad, effective or ineffective. So let me tell you a little bit about how I learned this. I earned this information, this wisdom from doing thousands of hypnosis sessions, especially age regression sessions, where we bring up the feeling associated with a problem. And then we follow that feeling back, visit events that reinforced the negative behavior all the way back to what we call the initial sensitizing event. And then what we find out is what happened. And over and over and over again, we find out that it's usually fear or anger that started the problem. Now, Cal, you just said that, that anger is good. How can it be good if it starts a problem? Well, actually, it's not anger's fault. What's happened is somewhere along the line, we've gotten the message, anger is bad. In fact, if you're angry, you're bad. And I'll tell you, let's, for example, two little kids playing in the front room, and they start getting angry at one another. And the voice comes up and the mom comes in and says, hey, you kids settle down. And then one kid looks at the other one and says, nah, 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 he did this, he did that. And the other one says, no, no, Billy did this, 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 this. And they're angry. And they say, you, you kids cannot just go around getting angry at each other. Nobody's going to like you if you're angry all the time. And so they push down their angry, angry feelings. Um, let's say a child is being mistreated by an adult in, in, the, in their family that wants some attention and then the adult comes down on them and yells at them and the kid thinks that's not right okay and then feels anger coming up but because grown-up is grown-up and kid is just kid there's nothing the kid could do about it so he squashes that anger down squashes that anger down and squashes that anger down 
How do we squash our anger down? Well, we do it through ignoring it, like just mental willpower, pushing it down. But most commonly, we do it by distraction. We start to feel the anger come up. And then what happens? The smoker smokes the drinker drinks, the overeater overeats, the person who thinks they've got every um, uh, malady in the world seeks medical attention so they can take pills. So feel bad, distract cycle goes in. And that's what really brought all these emotions to my attention is I discovered that my clients were not responding to their feelings in a satisfying way. In fact, they were made to feel bad for feeling bad. And so this resulted in a, what I call the feel bad, distract cycle. It actually gets worse than that. So you can imagine if over here you feel bad and then you distract, the eater eats, the drinker drinks, the smoker smokes and so on. And then after you've got done with that cigarette or that glass of wine or whatever it is, you come back to still feeling bad. Why? Because the distractor didn't do anything about what was causing the problem causing the feeling. It just took your mind off of it for a while, either through distraction or dulling of the emotion, that kind of thing. So if you imagine, here we are, we feel bad, for example, angry, and then we go for a walk or we go to the gym and then after we come back, we're still angry again. Why is that? Because going to the gym, going for a walk doesn't do anything about what's causing you to feel angry. And so if you keep doing that, then a new cycle, feel bad, distract, feel bad, distract, a new cycle happens, feel bad, frustrated, feel bad, frustrated, feel bad, frustrated. Why? Frustration happens when what you're doing isn't working. And as you continue to do that, feel bad, frustrate, frustrate, feel bad, frustrate, distract, frustrate, drink, frustrate, smoke, frustrate, work in the gym, frustrate, work too much, all these too much behaviors, eating too much, drinking too much, smoking too much, and so on, then what that does is causes the frustration to go up, 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 up. And it's as if in our system, our nervous system, we have a fuse, okay, or a safety switch. When the frustration gets so bad, which is actually internal stress, chronic stress, it can snap. And then you say, ah, oh, the heck with it. I'm, I'm not even going to try anymore. And that's what I'm going to call normal, healthy depression. Now, this is not clinical depression. This is the kind of depression everybody, normal, everyday people have when they just get tired of trying and they just give up and they're feeling hopeless or helpless. Okay. It all started with this bad idea that anger is bad. Anger is not bad. It's just misunderstood. Actually, anger is a gen genetic wired in source of wisdom. Well, I know that's crazy. <laughs> How could anger be wisdom? People do such <laughs> unwise things when they're angry. Well, that's because they don't understand. And you're gonna understand this now. Anger is not there to make you do crazy things. It's not there to make you drink, smoke, or any of that kind of stuff. Anger is not there to get you a divorce, okay? Anger is there to motivate you to do the sometimes difficult things you need to do to make the situation fair. That's right. Every time you have ever felt angry or anyone has ever felt angry, any human being back in time, so long as we would recognize them as being human beings, what happened happens is there's a process. 
I talked about this in a previous video. XMEFB. Something happens, then you give it meaning. And if the if the feeling is anger, the meaning that you are thinking is this is not fair or not right. Same thing. All right. So something happens, you decide it's not fair, not right. And then that creates chemicals in the brain, we call emotions, which are felt in the body, which we call feelings, then create behavior, which are not necessarily bad. They could be good. They could be bad. They could be effective or ineffective. Okay. X M E F B write that down because that's why people do stuff. All right. So anger, anger is not bad. It's wired in. Everybody feels it. It is the chemical response in the brain that is felt in the body called anger. Okay. That happens whenever we perceive something to be not fair. Now, if it's just a little bit not fair, then we're like, oh, you know, tiny bit upset. We're miffed, ticked, PO. And then it goes up along this continuum to you and say, well, you know, I'm angry about this, all the way over to the extreme, fighting mad rage. Okay. Those are all degrees of physical experience in the body. Okay. Of anger that comes from the perception of this is not fair. Okay. So how could that be good? Anger is there to motivate you to do the sometimes difficult things you need to do to make fair. See, without this con this, this kind of an inner alarm going off saying, me, 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 not fair, not fair, take action, not fair, not fair. And if we just push it down and go have a drink or we have a smoke or, you know, we go work out and stuff like that, that's still going on. As soon as we get through distracting ourselves, then it's still going, me, 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 not fair, not fair, attention, attention, take action. So, but we were always told anger is bad, push it down. Now, if you can just for a moment begin to think, okay, I'm feeling angry, what might I be thinking? Okay. And then if you can identify the thought, oh, yeah, this is the not fair thing that's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Now you won't, you don't just push it down. You say, what can I do to make the situation more fair or completely fair? Okay. So in my book, The Secret Language of Feelings, where I put this wisdom, right? There's a chapter in there called The Wisdom of Anger. I also cover sadness and fear and many other important feelings and phrase them in a way that they become not a nuisance, not a trigger for eating too much, drinking too much, smoking too much, but instead as a way of doing intelligent, highly motivated action. All right. So if somebody, if you're starting to feel the anger, we're going to do one, two, three. Okay. Like, for example, you're thinking about having a drink when you shouldn't be drinking or smoking when you shouldn't be smoking or going back to the gym and your husband or wife is saying, how come you spend all the time in the gym? You say, OK, what's going on? What am I thinking? And you can think about, oh, my boss isn't treating me fairly or, you know, any other situation. The government is doing this or the union is doing that or whatever it is. My best buddy isn't, isn't get paying back the loan that I gave him and that's not fair. Hmm. Okay. Now we know the source of the not fair. Now there's another thing that can happen. 
Now, if you can identify the not fair that's causing you to get angry, then it becomes actionable. But there's another thing that could happen. You could sit back and you go, okay, I'm starting to feel angry. What's not fair? And then if you think about, well, so-and-so did this and this, and then you sit back and go, okay, was that really not fair? Because is there anything you could have done that could have contributed to this situation or maybe caused them to think that that would be okay? Because if we can find that you contributed to it or it is otherwise fair or fairer than you thought, well, if the situation is fair upon reality checking the situation, checking the reality of it, then the anger goes poof. Because anger comes from the perception of that's not fair. But if we re-examine the situation and say, it's not fair. For, I mean, it's not not fair. For example, some kid messes up, you know, knocks her milk over. And you think, oh, geez, and you get all angry. And then you go, wait a minute, is that not fair? And you go, no, kid's three years old. That's what kids do. I should get him one of them sippy cups, right? And then, that, then the anger lets you know what you're thinking. Okay. And then you can take action on what you're thinking. So if it is fair, there will be one course of action. If it's not fair, then what you're going to do is the anger is there to motivate you as a signal and a motivator to take action to make fair. For example, if you have a, a friend that's not being fair, you know, it's not comfortable to go up and be assertive and discuss something like, hey, you know, a month ago, I loaned you that 20 bucks and you said you'd pay me on payday and payday has been three weeks ago. What's going on here? Okay. And then you can find out what's going on. If you say, Oh, I wasn't clear about that. Okay. I didn't let you know I need it. Well, I do need it. So can you give it to me? And the person says, Oh yeah, sure. Here you go. Now it's fair. Right. But if it's, the person tends to continue to be fair, then that anger is there to motivate you to make a good case to why that person should give back the money. If it's a lot more money, if you're being cheated in a bigger way, then it's a call for justice. You you might have to go to court or something like that. Sometimes people are treated unfairly by corporations or other entities that are much more powerful than the individual. That anger is there to motivate us to do the sometimes difficult things we need to do to make the situation fair. Why do we want it fair? Well, thank you for thinking that thought. I'm not really reading your mind, but you should watch my last video on how the media does mind control. Okay, so when somebody is not being fair to you and it's a big corporation, you see, human beings thrive in a situation. Individuals, families, companies thrive in a situation of fairness. Predictability and fairness, that's the best possible environment for us to be in. That's why I believe we are wired, all of us, to have this reaction that we call anger to situations that are not fair. If uh, like back in the 20s or when all the, the labor unions were being formed, these individuals were, were run ragged. They, had, they became pretty much property of these companies. The companies said where you live, how much you work, how much you're going to get paid, and so on. And that was just not fair, 
from the perspective of those people. It's just not right. And so what they had to do was something that was very difficult and they had to organize into labor unions, something they had never done before. That's what the anger is for. Okay, now I promised you at the beginning of this video how an entire country could come from the feeling of not fair. I mean, the perception of not fair and the feeling of anger. Okay. A long, long time ago, when the United States was just being founded and it wasn't the United States yet. It was the New England. We had all these English colonists coming over to America. These individuals did not think of themselves as Americans. They believed of themselves to be subjects of the crown, right? To be people who were expanding England. And that, hence the name New England. And they were doing what they needed to do when they were building their little communities and stuff like that. And I'm not a history professor, but I do know this much that after a while, they had a real big disagreement with England and the king because the king started taxing things. Uh, now, I don't know if it was fair or not. That's not for me to judge. I just know that the colonists thought that it was unfair. Remember, anger comes from the perception of not fair. And they came up with this idea, no taxation without representation. And it built up so bad that the king put like two cents tax on every barrel of tea that came into the colonies. Now, once again, I don't know if that was fair or not. Who knows? The case could be made for both sides. Maybe the king is saying, well, you don't know how much money it's cost me to, to protect you guys and send you supplies and all this stuff. And I need some more money to keep doing that. I don't know. Maybe the big deal wasn't even the two cents. It was the fact that the king would just go, you are now going to pay me two cents a barrel for tea. All right. So, and by the way, if you have any comments about this, let me know. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave it in the comments below. And uh, if, you, if you are watching it on calbanion.com, email me. Let me know what you think and any other topics you'd like to have for me. So there we were. We had the Boston Tea Party, and it was the beginning of the end of the British colonization of the United States of America. And America began to have its own identity. Why? Because of anger. All right. So there's righteous anger, and then there's erroneous anger. Remember, anger comes from the perception of not fair. How do you tell? If you're starting to feel angry, you need to say, what am I thinking? And then once you figure out what am I thinking, you think that guy, that's not right. That's not fair. Da, da, da. Okay. Then you just step back, get out of that reactive mode, get into a responsive mode. What's the difference mm, about a moment of thought and say, is this situation not fair? Now there's just a few things that could happen. One, you could look at the situation and go, you know, on second thought, it's way more fair more, un, excuse me, way more unfair than I thought it was. You could be even more angrier than you were before. That's unlikely. The other thing that could happen is you could look at the situation and you could say, yes, it's absolutely not fair. It's not fair because of this, this, this. And now what you got is you have righteous anger. That's anger based on reality. And you, it's there now. Good. They let you know you're perceiving something not fair. People thrive in a situation of, of fairness. It's there to motivate you to do the sometimes difficult things you need to do to make fair. Okay. Now, the other thing that could happen is upon further examination, what I call a reality check, is it could be less unfair than you thought. 
And what will happen is that'll bring the anger down to a correct amount, okay? And then you can respond accordingly. The other thing that could happen is you could actually say, you know, on second thought, it's really not, not fair, which means it's fair. And you can just go, just shake it off and you're going to be fine. I got a really good story in my book about, I used to have real anger problems, especially on the road. I was a road rage maniac and I decided I wanted to change. And so in the book, in the story on the wisdom of anger, I tell a short story about how I went from being a road rage maniac to someone who was grateful whenever anyone did something, which I thought was crazy and unfair before. All right, let me take a look at my notes here. It's all good. Why? This is important information because if you don't understand it, you'll get caught in that feel bad, distract loop, feel bad, smoke too much, feel bad, drink too much, feel bad, eat too much. When you can become free from that and turn these feelings like fear, anger, guilt, sadness, loneliness, frustration, even depression into actionable things that you can do that lead to happiness. That's right. All those painful feelings. A wise soul once, soul once said to me, bless the pain, it points away from itself. And that was kind of a coded mystical way of saying all these bad feelings, these feelings that feel bad are there. They are a blessing. They're there to motivate us, give us direction so that we can create a better environment for ourselves, our families, our community, and the world. All right here. I think that's it. I want to do one more time. If I would really like you to come to calbanion.com because there I have all my courses. I have all these videos, hundreds of these videos. You go there, you log in, and then I'll send you an email every time I put out a new video. You can unsubscribe at any time. The unsubscribe button is there in every little note that I'll send you. All right. Uh, that's it. That's it. Calbanion. Signing off.